Hey, it's your bestie Lo. Welcome to Thrive with Lois, the podcast dedicated to helping you become the best version of yourself and to thrive in all areas of your life. You're here because you want to grow inside and out. So are you ready? Let's thrive together. Today, I am joined by Claire Aves, fitness coach, SAS, Who Dares Wins finalist of season seven, and owner and founder of Women Warriors, which is bringing women together to push them out of their comfort zone, exceed their potential, and bring a community of like-minded women together. So today, Claire, thank you so much for joining me. No problem. So I would love for you to tell everyone a little bit about yourself, what you do. Oh, okay. So currently what I do is I'm a coach, a personal trainer. Obviously, like yourself, I like to coach women and make them feel better, be better, be stronger, Um, not just externally, but internally as well. Um, I'm just a sporty person. I've done sports my whole life. Um, If anyone's watched this, I said it on there, boxing, wrestling, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, bodybuilding, you know, the list goes on. So with my expertise and experience, I just want to help other people bring out the best in their self as well. Um, and obviously Women Warriors that I'm currently working on at the moment. I've got a big project underway, which I'm going to keep under wraps just just for now. But it will be very, very exciting. So those that don't know about Women Warriors yet, um, just watch this space because there'll be a lot more about it coming soon. Looks super exciting on all of your socials. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. Again, as you said, it's to bring women together and our tagline is come as strangers, leave as friends. It's not just about physically getting fit mentally or or physically. Um, it's about meeting new people and, like your brand, thriving together. Mm, 100%. And there's nothing more unstoppable than a strong crowd of women when Absolutely. they come together. You know, and I love that it's very much focused, Women Warriors is very much focused on helping women to become Mm -hmm. strong, like physically, but the emphasis on like the mentally, you know, because we all go through our struggles, we all go through our challenges and building the mindset to be able to navigate and, you know, come out on top of those struggles, you know, I think is, you know, amazing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that's another focus point wise we do it because we do like mental mindset seminars and stuff like that on our on our day Mm. as well and bring people in to talk about life experiences, um, good and bad and how they overcome them and what they've been exposed to. And then the rest of the group can talk and open up as well. Um, You know, it's important to to talk (laughs) because a lot of people don't. Apart from me and you. Yeah, apart from me and you, we <laughs> literally can't shop, can we? <laughs> Terrible. Uh, so, I remember watching you on SAS, Who Dares Wins, a couple of years ago now, wasn't it? Well, it was aired last April, but it was filmed the mm. pre- previous year. Yeah, so it was aired, yeah, April 22, it was aired. Yeah, so yeah. I remember watching you on there, and I hadn't gone through my own ADHD diagnosis at this point I was kind of I think putting the pieces Mm. together makes sense and when I watched you on SAS two days wins and when you opened up to the DS's in the interrogation room I literally I just remember watching the scene where you opened up and I was like that's me (laughs) so for context for everybody Mm. who's listening Claire was talking to the DSs and they were doing their usual interrogating and 
asking questions you know about you and you know what you've been through and one of the things that you said was that you felt like your whole life you've had to put on a show like you had to like be somebody that you're not you know as like a as a whole but the thing is I was I've only like yourself been recently diagnosed with ADHD Mm. so then when I was talking about it it's actually how I felt and I was extremely unsure as to why I was feeling like that I knew that what was I saying to you before there is no normal Mm. you know I've come to realize it is my normal but at that moment in that time I felt something was a bit wrong you know I felt something weren't quite right with me like I was different and my chain of thought and the way I acted and things that was going on it was getting to me it was getting I I just mentally knew in my head not that I thought I was um, any how can I put it I weren't depressed about it or anything I just knew something weren't quite right Mm. and I had no idea what what that would be Um, and it weren't until I was doing a lot of self-meditation a lot of journaling a lot of self-love a lot of development within myself because I knew something weren't quite right within me then that's when I started seeing a therapist and the reason I seen a therapist is because my over before I knew about ADHD my overthinking my over analytic brain for example but say, I don't know, you've got a bottle of water? Yeah, down by the side of me. <laughs> right, so say something, obviously this isn't the case, but say someone handed me a bottle of water, a normal person, a normal, there was no normal, okay, but an, you know what I mean, I'd look at that bottle of water and go, oh yeah, that's a bottle of water, I'll take that. My brain would look at that bottle of water and go, but is that liquid in that, in that bottle of water? Because the bubbles are turning the wrong way um, and it's only half full and it looks thicker. Do you get, what, do you get my point? My brain would always overanalyze and overthink and it's draining not with a bottle of water but with anything in life so it'd be a constant battle in my head like it's working 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 all the time and it got to that point why I wanted to see a therapist I started a new relationship and I'd be in my head not to not towards him but in my head I'd be overthinking overanalyzing the smallest of things and I knew it weren't right I wanted this to work you know I, I knew something weren't quite right it's, it took to get into a new relationship for me to want to be able to deal with it. Mm. I've been wanting, I should have done it many years ago. Um, so because of that, I started seeing a therapist just to help with my train of thought and the way I was thinking. And it was herself that diagnosed me. Um, you know, within half an hour of talking to her, she said, obviously, I ain't giving you a diagnosis here right now. But I can, you know, it's, it's highly likely. Yeah. What was that moment like for you? How did that feel? Amazing. It sounds really bizarre because people are like, oh, I've got a label. And I'm like... It's a relief. It's, there's no label. It's a relief because it then got me thinking about everything else throughout my life and how, how I work and operate, which is my normal. There's nothing wrong with that, in hindsight. Um, but it, it was just a massive, massive, massive relief. Like, I was like, oh, wow, I'm not crazy. It is how I'm wired. I think that is exactly it it's just mm. how you're wired and you said there is no normal that's right yeah you know everyone is different everyone operates in their own ways and I think that you know having an ADHD brain can be tricky to mm. navigate but when you understand and like you said that moment when you got your diagnosis yep. I don't know if this was the same when you got your diagnosis but for me it was like a weight off my shoulders because I think I'd been so hard on myself for my whole like life about like oh, why do I do mm. things the way I do yep. so actually understanding that 
this is how I do this, this is how I'm, I can manage this, and actually it's not necessarily a bad thing, I can roll with it, was, you know, really, really something that made me feel at ease, yep. you know. It's getting... um. It's what it is, it's learning and understanding how your brain is because I'm not the one that wants to take medication routes, I want to do it all natural. So understanding how my brain works, what triggers certain things and um, receiving coping mechanisms and strategies to be able to channel it in the right way. And that's the whole reason why I then carried on with my therapist is so she could help me. She could help me um, do when I have certain behaviours to be able to guide it in the correct manner. Um like for business, for example, I know, and for years, I'm full of ideas, very, very good at them. I will start a, a project. I've, I'm already thinking about Project C and Project D and Project E, and I'm only, I'm only, I'm do start all of them. But then all of a sudden, I'm like, well, I can't do this no more. I've got too much on my plate, exploding, and I don't know where to start. I'm one that needs mentoring, and I've accepted that as a big acceptance for me, because I'm like, I do it myself. I'll be all right. I, I, I can do this. I don't, you know, not I don't need help, but I, I'm okay. But no, I generally feel, especially with business, I need that bit of mentor and I need somebody to go, Claire, you, let's put you on a straight and narrow. Do this first. Do that. Do this. You know, work through your targets. And um, I openly admit and accept that that is how I work. You I'm know? laughing because I'm exactly the same, <laughs> but it's in the moment... You get so excited about it because oh, you've yeah. got these ideas and it's something you're so passionate mm-hmm. about and the the light bulb moments going off yep. in your head or you're laying there late at night and you're like thinking, <laughs> oh my God, way. this is the best idea. I need to do this. And then you wake up the next day and you've probably forgotten about it. Yep. But anyway, so starting projects and not finishing them. Mm. Big, big thing of mine. Is, yeah. Massive. Huge, hard relate. Hard, hard relate. <laughs> but... We'll get them finished at some point. At some point, yeah. At some point, it just might take a little bit of time to navigate. We, I don't think we, we ever forget about them. No, really. so we never. In my head, I never fail it. It might, it, as you said, it takes longer. But then, do you know what? Once I'm focused, hyper focused on that, mm. it takes me a long time to get it and put it all together. But then, once I've got it, that's it. It's yeah, it's good and it's successful. Yeah, whatever it may be, you 100%. know. Um, yeah, it's tough. <laughs> it's tough at times to get in this brain and go, just do one thing. Um, but yeah, my my boyfriend's actually really helped me narrow things down because I'm I'm like it. I will start something. I was clear, like do this, complete this first, then move on. He'll write a list for me when to complete things by stuff like that. So it's really helpful and mindful. It That's keeps so me good. keeps me in line a little bit, you know, because yeah. the potential's there. Like now I've got so many things that I need to do in my head, but I need to do one thing at a time. Would you say you've masked your ADHD symptoms throughout your life? Or do you think, have you unknowingly masked them? Unknowingly, definitely. Mm. Yeah, and I've always been one that anything going on in my head, it stays in there. I don't discuss it. I don't talk about it. I've never had no emotion. Not towards others, but to myself. That I'd be very loving and kind and caring to to others but not myself and it was only been the past two years where I was doing a lot of self-love and self-reflection when I realized it a bit more so 
Mm. I've gone off track, see? That's what happens. I forgot right. what I'm talking about. It's okay. Do you do that? Yeah, all the time. Do you know why? Because we're already, we're already thinking of the next thing to talk about, and then yeah, you're forgetting about what you're excited about it. And dopamine, babe. You need that dopamine. Yeah, that's it. So, <laughs> put me back on track. That's it. The masking. The masking. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I think subconsciously you mask it because you don't know what it is. You don't know. Mm. You know. You don't know what it is. And again, because you think it's your normal, like the little things like constantly sitting there, moving, fidgeting, touching things, interrupting people all the time. But I always used to interrupt people all the time, knowing I'm doing it and always apologise. I used to go, sorry, I do that all the time. I don't know why I do that. Yeah. You know, so it's little things like that. Then once you've been diagnosed with uh, what we've got, ADHD, you look back and go, oh, that's why. So you're always aware of it. But you just thought that was that was normal, and it, but I interrupt people all the time. But to the point, it annoys me, and I can't I can't stop it because I, I feel like in my head I know what you're going to say already. I know the solution already. I'm going to say it for you. <laughs> that subconsciously, and half the time I'm right. I'm not even joking. But I think as well, it's interrupting because you're scared you're going to forget. Yeah, always. <laughs> it's. You, it's in your train of thought and you're like, if I don't say it uh-huh. now, I'm going to forget it and then I'm going to be annoyed that I've forgotten what I was going yeah. to say. Okay. And it can be really, for somebody that doesn't know that you have ADHD, it can be a bit like, oh, you're fucking rude, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. You've just interrupted me. But it's nine times out of ten, like after we've interrupted, we're kicking ourselves mm. in our head thinking, oh, fuck, I've just interrupted that person. Again. <laughs> again again it is honestly it's because our brains are like going a hundred mile an hour um it's like you have to kind of do a to-do list to do a to-do list in your head yeah like it's tiring yeah it really is tiring it is so tiring yeah people's gonna think i'm mad after saying this right do you talk to yourself all the time like what you know when you're walking about in the studio yeah i've got to do this i've got to do that the other day i was in the back of the car going right i've got to get my bag put my bag up i'm what are you chatting to yourself again? Yeah. I have to do it because it's, it stays in my head otherwise. Mm. People yeah. think I'm a loony now. Not at all. Nothing wrong with being a loony. Not at all. There's nothing wrong with being it's, a loony. It's, it's my looniness. That's it. <laughs> this is it. And like you said, you know, normal. There's, you're embracing oh, yeah, you definitely. and the way that you do things. And I have lost my train of thought. There, <laughs> there we go. See? This is going to be a nightmare, isn't it? <laughs> I've lost my train of thought. Do you Don't know ask me, I can't help. You know what it is, is because, like, I've tried, I've, like, got so many things that I want to talk about, and so do you, and then we keep on bringing up loads of things, and then my head's like... And you keep interrupting. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a comical one, isn't it? It actually oh, is. Oh, dear. Oh, oh it's funny. Let's bring it back in. Let's bring it back. Masking. So, yeah, masking. That's where we were. Yeah, we actually discussed that. No. Yeah. No. You go. Ask Josh. Okay. No, seriously. What... Do you mask? What have you noticed that you've masked? So, like, for me, um, a huge one would be, like, eye contact. Oh, yeah. Like, um, it used to be. Now, I don't necessarily need to mask eye contact because it's a learnt behaviour. But for years, if you saw me, I would be walking along the road, like, with my eyes at the floor. Or I would really struggle to, like, look at people I'd always be like, you know, like looking yeah. away and I'd have to think to myself, all right, okay, look, make sure you look back. Make sure you, do you know, do you know yeah. I'm almost like coaching myself in my head. Um, and I think mask, another thing that I would mask would be confidence mm-hmm. as well. 
which when I first started my job as a PC, putting myself into situations where I had to teach classes, teach clients, it was a show. Yeah. And I've openly spoken about this before, yep. like it was very much a show. Whereas I feel now I've definitely built up a lot more confidence that I'm able to do that more naturally, but it didn't come naturally if you know what I mean so what have you found that you mask I'm going to talk about the confidence thing one first so my what I always used to do everyone used to say you're full of confidence like you're the the most outgoing person you're there but I'm the most person how can I explain it because I'm not confident my brain goes just throw yourself out there because if I think about it and I procrastinate, that's I'm asked that a lot. Procrastination a lot all the time. If I don't didn't throw myself out there like what you did, then you're just going to literally sit down on the back wall. So now I'm agreeing with you. My confidence is more real. Yeah, it's more real rather than just being the one that's the party girl in a sense, like throwing yourself out. Oh, look at me. Yeah, hello. You're right. But it's the complete opposite. But initially, you had to yeah. put on that fake it till you make it. Absolutely, yeah. You think, yeah. It got it got us through, to be honest. Yeah. It got me through, yeah. but it weren't real. No. You know, it definitely weren't real. I'm trying to think. There's so many things. So many things. My... my so what would this be? So when I was younger, even up to when I was older, procrastination, because we do that a lot. Mm. So if I... Just a silly little thing. Say I wanted to talk to my mum about something... I'd sit there and I'd think about it and analyse it. I'd go over it and I'd go over the, the what could happen, what if she says no, what if she says this, and I'd be full of anxiety. So I'd mask my anxiety. And I never ever knew till years and years, up to a couple of years ago, people go, have you ever had anxiety? No, I've never had anxiety. I've had anxiety my whole life without even realising what it was because I was so good at hiding it. I never knew. I was like, no, I don't get that. But I have, like, since a kid, since a little, little kid. So, yeah, anxiety is a massive one that I've masked massively. So now I'm aware of it. I'm, I'm aware when it's happening and when it's when it's there. I've got certain tactics and strategies, depending on the topic and, you know, what the situation is, for me to get over that and be able to deal with it and calm my nerve, nervous system back down, my breathing. You know, the breathing techniques and the meditation and stuff really helps me. I will sit there in the car and take 10 deep breaths Again, I've, I've spoken about this before. People are oh, 10 deep breaths, but it calms me right back down again. That's the thing, though, isn't it? Because it's the... When you get into that cycle of mm. overthinking, oh. it's really, really, really hard to, like, pull yourself yeah. out of that. And before you know it, you've made up 10 different scenarios yeah. in your head. <laughs> so meditation i've started recently yeah i found that that's worked really really well i can only do guided or like with noises yeah um yeah i can't do silence oh no i can't do silence hopefully one day yeah get too bored (laughs) five minutes in i'm like i'm done but yeah i like like listen to them like bong music and all stuff like that certain frequencies it's meant to be good for your brain waves so yeah i do i do that quite a lot but i think yeah anxiety must be my massive one yeah massive one there was another one i was gonna say and i forgot what a surprise. I don't know. Yeah, come back. Forgetfulness. That's it. Forgetfulness. Are you late for your PT, so PT sessions? Nah. Um, see, I'm the opposite. I'm always early. Otherwise, I'm anxious that I'm going to be late. Right. If that makes sense. So I'm the opposite way around with it. If anything, I, like I was early today by half an hour. I'd rather be early and not stress. But then you're kind of stressing yourself anyway because you want to get there early. So it's like a vicious cycle. Mm. Vicious cycle. Or oh, I'm just very forgetful. Not long time. I've got a very, very good memory. 
I will Have remember you? the. Fu- right, do you know what drives me nuts? Long-term right, long-term memory, long-term, uh, phenomenal. Short-term, Long-term shit, really bad. I- I'll be like in the bathroom, brushing my teeth, going, but I had to put the dishwasher on, and then going down to the dishwasher, and then forgetting what I was doing, and then going, but I've got a toothbrush in my hand. That is that bad. Mm. Or I'll be changing the bin whilst I'm emptying the washing and brushing my teeth. And still forgetting what the main focus point was. But my long-term memory is phenomenal. Yeah. I will remember everything. Do you ever have conversations with people and have had the same conversation with you about ten times? Yeah. And you're like, you have to pretend that you've not had that yeah. conversation. And go, yeah. Oh, the own, um, is that normal? Is that normal? But I remember everything. And I'm like, you either talk to a lot of people or you're just really bloody forgetful. Yeah. But I'm not me- I mean one person, I mean like but then loads of people. Be, then you don't want to be rude and be like, oh, you fucking so like, this oh, before. Yeah. 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 But then I do it and all. I do a lot of storytelling because, not not storytelling, not like real life stuff. Because I've, I personally, on a different level, I've experienced a hell of a lot. So when, and what ADHDers are very much like, you're there, someone will have a conversation with you. And if you've experienced something similar, you're like, boom, and then you talk about uh-huh. you. Yeah. And you can't help it. Yeah. Sometimes, that's, I sometimes have to pull myself back and like mm. bite my tongue because I'm aware of what I'm doing. Because it can come across me, 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 and it's not. Mm. It's just on your brain, so you have, to, you have to get it out. Mm. If anything's on my brain, I have to talk about it. And you also, I think, in those moments, because we do read other people's emotions as mm. well, yeah. sometimes you might want the other person to feel like they're being related to or they can... Yep. That's trust it. you do you know what I mean that's very true so in that moment you might talk about yourself or something that you've experienced mm. and then you kind of later might reflect on it and be like oh my god I just spoke about myself like when they were talking to me yeah. about this so I'm really trying to practice active listening okay so that's really like obviously focusing on what the other person is saying and responding to like what they've said rather than you know when you're talking to somebody and you've already lined up the next question mm-hmm. that you're going to say it's trying to get that out of your head and lead on from what the other person is saying yeah so i think i need to, to do be, that definitely yeah honestly <laughs> it's, it's hard to bite because you have to sit back but yeah but we are very emo we're very intuitive we're very i vibe off people's energy a lot as soon as you're in that room, I can I know instantly yeah. if you're in a bad mood, if you're in a good mood, if if you're I can just when people are generally yeah. lying, yeah. I can tell by body language, I can tell by tone of voice, I can tell by movement, things change. Um, whether you're happy, sad or lying. But it's draining us still because we're receiving that energy, whether it's good or bad energy. Yeah. And instantly my moods will change. Instantly we kind of we want to fix it as well. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And then we, as a result, we might end up overcompensating to lift the other person's mm. mood up. And then as a result, it might drop our mood down. Yeah. like you said, we absorb that energy and it can sometimes be like quite draining. Yeah, I agree, mm. definitely. But even into things like past relationships, um, like romantic relationships, I look back and I go, I was a bit of a fixer. Oh, you okay. know, when you feel you're fixing. Yeah. Because that's how I am anyway you naturally are quite emotional and you want to help people yeah. so I think because you're giving off that energy yeah. more so than the average person you're attracting them kind of people so not not now at all but looking back throughout my 20s or something I'd say definitely mm. and then as a result you end up losing yourself yeah. in the process yeah so I think it's only I'm what nearly 39 I think I'd say only from about 34 was I a lot more level-headed 
lot more level-headed, a lot more aware of what was going on. But things change. So you're in a new relationship now then? How long have you been in that relationship? Uh, Nearly nine months. Yeah, so it's nice. It's good. It's... um, we're on the same on the same level, on the same path. It's nice, good, same energies, you know. Mm. Um, yeah. Have you masked in relationships before, or have you felt like you could be quite vulnerable with people that you were with in the past? Um, a bit of both, really. I've got a different kind of background with relationships as well. Like, um, I don't mind talking about it now, but when I was like between the age of seventeen and nineteen, I was in an extremely abusive physical. Um, a mental relationship even from when I was 14 actually too different from 14 to 19 so I went through a lot of mental stuff and violence when I was young so that carried on into my relationships as well as having ADHD what I didn't know about so that's that's probably why I was attracting them fixers so to speak Mm. yeah it's a lot more in detail but We'd be here all day if I started talking about it, you know. It, it, that's what caused a lot of my uh, problems that I felt I had at the time. So that's why I say once I hit about 34, 35, it took a long time for me to be me, for me to find me. It took me many years. What does being me look like for you? Being me, not having to worry about what anyone else kind of thinks. I've always have that in the back of my head. Um self-love self-care self-belief don't get me wrong there's times when it dips Mm. but I think as I hit around mid 30s that's when I really started thinking I need to work on me and I was in the relationship in lockdown and he said you've um we split up no not bad terms and basically his his words were you're very positive towards everyone else like you bring everyone up he said but you're a really negative person and it hit home and it made me realize and go wow you're 100% right. I'm giving it all off, telling everyone to be positive, telling them what to do. And I didn't have one bit of positive positivity within me and I was really negative. And it took that for me to realise and switch that and go, I need to work on me. And that was when I was about, yeah, 35 or so. And that's when you started yeah. therapy, was it? No, I only started that... I don't know, I've stopped now because I feel... I've I've learned and she's given me coping mechanisms, but she was doing um, hypnotherapy, CBT. She she wasn't just someone you sit and talk to. She was did everything. She, we did strategies together. You know, she's really, really, really helpful. Um, I was only seeing her for about three months, but I felt I, I'm, I was ready to, mm. to go. Do you know what? I'm I'm good for this. What strategies have you got in place now for managing your overthinking and your anxiety? So what I will do is what works for me, obviously. It's look at all the good, look at all the good things, look at all the positive things. Because my brain automatically, in my emotional brain, triggers to the negativity because of basically all the crap that I've gone through when I was younger. So automatically it's wired that way. So I'm now training it to go, just as I just told you, think of the good, think of all the good things, think of all the positive things. And then it calms me down. It narrows it down. It sounds like the most simplest of things, but it's very difficult when you've got an overthinking brain to be able to calm that down, to narrow it down. Um, and take a step back and look in from the outside. Oh, if that makes sense. Because um, I'm always in the moment. So sometimes I, t- I sit myself away and then look at it as, as an outsider and put my thinking brain on. Mm. Yeah, because I work off my emotional brain a lot. Okay, let's think of a situation. So hypothetically... Mm. 
you know, let's just imagine a situation, not saying that your partner is, <laughs> but if you thought your partner was cheating on you and your thoughts are running away with you 100 miles per hour, how would you navigate that situation? How would you calm yourself down, stop those racing thoughts? Yeah, so what I would do with that situation is, especially if you're in a loving, kind, caring relationship, which hopefully we all should be, yeah? You'd look at all the the, the, uh, the times you ha- you spend together, the things that you say to each other, um, the love and the connection and, and the energy and and the connection with the family and it's really I know in my head but I can't like really talk I can't get it out enough again just looking at all the good things that you have together and also now I think if someone's going to do something they're going to do it it's simple as that it doesn't matter how you think how you act they're going to do it so I put that chain of thought in my head now and go do you know what that's something I have no control over so I'm not going to trouble my brain with that because then what'll happen is you start ruining your relationship because you're thinking something that potentially is not there. Yeah. You know, and that could be anything. That could be a friendship. That could be, you know, a friendship you could be lying to you about something major or your daughter or your mum. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a loving, you know, like a partner. Um, but I'm one of them as well where I'm evident. I will... I know people's patterns, I know people's actions, and if one little thing changes, there's a reason for it. Where some yeah. people accept it and go, oh, that's fine. I know by tones of voice changes. I know, I know by routine, I'm so structured, it's unreal. And I know other people are, you know, so you, if someone you thought was cheating, shall we say, as you said, you, you can kind of pick up energies and vibes, but it's also a bad thing because we could be picking it up and reading it wrong. Yeah. Are really wrong um so we've got the good intuitive intuitive side but we've got the overthinking side which will then relay a story in our head and we believe it it doesn't matter what anyone says we believe that story in our head and it's draining thankfully i haven't got that problem but in the past i have with you know with, with previous if we're talking about parts previous partners i have but um yeah now thankfully <laughs> i don't have that problem but it's it was draining before it's really good that you've got those strategies in place mm. now, though, and you're able to manage that. And like you said, you've kind of flipped it now to focusing more so on the positives yeah. because I do think that it can be very easy to focus on those negatives, um, especially with an ADHD brain, yeah. I feel. Um, you know, so it's really good that you've been able to kind of navigate that and change that for yourself. So there's a lot of symptoms that ADHDers experience, and obviously everyone is different with their Mm -hmm. symptoms now are your symptoms something that you feel like have been just not I don't again like I don't want to say the word normal Mm. but it's like when you have ADHD or undiagnosed ADHD Mm. you kind of accept what you're doing or the way that you're behaving or things that you do as oh well this is probably what everyone else does you know I think that's something that for a long time I didn't realize that you know you shouldn't be like not that you shouldn't be but it's not normal to be forgetting things after two seconds it's not normal to be like super 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 disorganized Mm. forgetful forgetting friends birthdays like things like that so what would you say is something that you considered to just be something that everybody does not necessarily 
somebody with ADHD, but just somebody that something that everybody does. Doing like ten million things at the same time, always having to, always having to do something, be out somewhere, move around, don't sit down, um, just doing something all the time. To me, that's normal. I used to be like. Well, why are you just sitting there? Why are you just chilling out? Why aren't you doing nothing? Yeah. Come on, let's get up. I've had a part- uh, previous partner go to me. You're always filling our diary up. I went, what's wrong with that? There's not- what- what's wrong with that? Because to me, I-, I I can't sit still. I'm even moving there. Like, I can't sit still. I have to be up. I have to be out. I have to be doing stuff. I have to book things in the diary. It has to be full all the time. The amount of people that say, just relax. I'm like, I am relaxed. This is my relaxed. It- and to yeah. me, it is. That you're going 100 mile an hour. And I'm like, so I used to think that was normal. I used to think that was normal to do that. But also what I used to think was normal is having that lack of emotion sometimes towards people. So because, for example, say I've had gone for a situation, I go, and the other, say you're going for a situation, I go, well, just crack on, get on with it. What's the matter with you? I've, I've done that. Why can't you? Mm. Do you get what I mean? I don't know what yeah. that'd be called, but that's, it's a bit like, just do it. So I think that was normal to respond in, in that way towards people. Lacking and it's empathy. not. And it's not. It's funny, though, because you've said you you are a highly empathetic person and you are very kind to other people. You're not, you haven't necessarily yep. been too kind to yourself. So is it certain situations that yeah. maybe you would lack empathy? So like you said, like situations that you've been through yourself and you're kind of like, well... Exactly that, and it's a bit selfish to think like that, to be honest. Because I think, well, I've been, I've, I've gone through that. I've done that. Why can't, why, why can't you? Why aren't you all right? Why can't you do it? Mm. You know. But on the flip side of that, I'm very nurturing. I'm very loving. I'm very caring. It sounds very contradictory, doesn't it? But I think it's because I, in my head, I've gone, well, I've, got, I've done it. I've got through it. It was all right in the end. So I've got no sympathy for you. Will you just do it? And it's quite a bad way of thinking because, and this is before I. Uh, realised I had ADHD I learnt, told myself that's not right you shouldn't be thinking like that because I don't think it's right you should I feel every human should have some kind of empathy towards someone just because you've gone through a situation doesn't mean it's easy for the other the other person to go through it as well um, so yeah do you think though it was a bit of like you said you kind of wasn't connected with yourself mm. anyway and you said previously you didn't necessarily want to talk about things or maybe there were things that you had suppressed do you think that because that was do you think maybe because that was your way of dealing with things that you maybe kind of expected other people to be the same because that was your normal back then since then obviously you've learned to talk about things Mm -hmm. and that it's okay to talk about things and it's okay to like admit that you need help and if you're struggling like it's okay like you know so do you think that maybe there was a disconnect there? A hundred percent. So before I went on SAS, which is obviously, remember I said the past couple of years is where I've been doing the self-reflection and that's when I've learned a bit more about myself and towards others. So before I went on SAS, one of the main, reason I, main reasons I went in there is because I wanted to show more emotion. Because I knew for me then, not now, I lacked that emotion towards myself a lot. I'd never cry. Mm. Um, I'd mask anything negative i'll try and mask anything negative in my head and go i'll just get over it crack on but i'm not because i was just moving on to the next thing without dealing with yeah the other thing and not allowing for myself to be emotional not allowing myself to to move on from that situation 
So when I got back from SAS, because I opened up there, that's the first time in my life ever talking to anyone. I didn't talk to my mum, my sisters, my brothers, no one. But I knew something was built up in me and I needed to be able to do that. I was a complete opposite when I come back. I'd be crying. My emotions were everywhere. It was like a massive relief, but also I didn't know how to deal with it because I weren't used to it. And I don't open up and I don't talk to people hardly ever now, but more so. Quite a big thing, though, to talk about that on television. Yeah. You know, it's going to be, it was aired to like loads of people. (laughs) So like going from like not talking at Uh, all. Exactly. Then talking on TV, you know, it's quite a big thing, isn't it? Lucky the thing is when you're in there, you don't even realise it's, well, it's real, obviously, but you don't, you forget it's for telly anyway. So I think that did me a favour. But I think because I was going in there with the expectation of myself to open up, to purposely open up. But before I went on there, as I said, I went through a lot of bad, bad issues with when I was younger, violently and stuff like that. So I remember one morning before I went on SAS, laying in bed, and I did so much self-therapy to myself, going over stuff that went that happened to me um, that I even forgot about. I dug deep into my own head to draw that out, going, so if I get called into the DS office, this is what I'm going to talk about. And I had a conversation in my head with myself as if I was with them and I was bawling, I was crying, I was so emotional. It was really surreal. So I was doing a lot of self-therapy without even realising it. And when I went on on SAS, I spoke to them about it. They didn't hear it anyway. I'm quite thankful now because it was very open. I was in there, I was in there about five times and each time I was in there for about 30, 40 minutes. I was in there a long time. So I aired so much and got so much off my chest, which thankfully now the public didn't see. But it helped me. Mm. <laughs> it helped me air it. But um, yeah, again, I went off on a tantrum, but self-therapy <laughs> is key. It really worked for me. It was all sort of emotion, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Masking yeah. emotion. Masking emotion, 100%. I can really, really, really relate. I used to really suppress like, how mm. I would feel. And to be fair, like sometimes... I do sometimes it, it's more so it shows up in relationships where I don't say what I'm really thinking or how I'm really feeling in the fear that what I'm going to say is going to upset the other person or the other person or it might cause a breakdown of Rejection. the relationship or whatever so as as a result I might then suppress and then I can't I can't hide my emotion when I'm pissed off. <laughs> so it ends up coming out at some point yeah. anyway. And then it's kind of like, well, why didn't you say this before? And then you're kicking yourself because you're like, oh, I should have said yeah. this, you know. So it's trying to be mindful of like, try, trying to remind yourself that it's okay to express your emotions. It's mm-hmm. okay to express like how you're feeling and you shouldn't suppress that. Obviously, there's a way to... I feel go about yeah. those conversations, but it's good that you felt like you are able to yeah. open up and you know. So, um, I mean, you've been super successful with your career, you know, and also you've been on SAS Who Says Wins, like you got to the final, you know, you, you've achieved a lot and you are still achieving so so much. You've got so much more mm. that you're you're giving, you know, and. I feel like there's a huge misconception that if you have ADHD, you can't be successful or you can't do what you want to do. Have you experienced that before? 
I mean, as we were saying before, with regards to certain tasks and challenges and moving from one thing to another, to another, to another. So I think as soon as someone gets a label, let's call it, it can put them in a negative mindset. It can make them go, oh, this is wrong with me. I can't do this now. I can't do this because I can only do one challenge at a time. At first, initially, it did make me go, because I was realising everything, I was like, oh, so that's why I can't do it. And I started using it as an, started using it as an excuse. So now I'm aware of that. It's not an excuse. You should use it as a superpower, as we call it. You know, and just ch- channel yourself. If you know that you've got ADHD and you know the way your brain works, then get them coping mechanisms in. Target one thing at a time. It might take you a bit longer. Mm. but just, just re- And looking back, I've always done that without realising it. I've always done one thing and then another thing and then another thing. And then things have been very successful at. The things in between, not so much, but that one thing I focused on, I was really good at. So my advice there is just focus on that one thing first because our brains are just take over and we'll explode. So it's like, for example, say say you've got these ideas. So you're building these ideas up in, you're building them up, building up, building them up. So you've got this whole heap of Lego because you've got all these ideas. And then... So you're working on and working on, working on building, building, building. But because you're not continuously building the Lego blocks underneath them, your brain goes, boom, it explodes. They go all over the floor. Then you ain't got a fucking clue what to do. You're like, how am I going to put all these Lego blocks back together again? You get overwhelmed and you become uncontrolled and then you don't do nothing. And then you leave it all. Mm. You know, so it's all about building your foundations, working on that project, working on that topic or whatever it may be first and building that foundation, getting it stronger, getting it stronger, getting it stronger. Then you've built that Lego block here. Then move on to the next one. Because the last thing we want is to continuously start new challenges and everything explodes and then all your ideas are wasted. Because if you don't have that foundation, like you said, it's going to fall apart and you're just going to get overwhelmed, frustrated, stressed out. And you're just going to think, well, I can't be fucking arsed. And I found that much. in business with me a lot, a lot, mm. a really lot. And I'm going through some stuff now and there's a few things I want to do and I'm really having to control the way I do it. It's just going to take me longer and I accept that. I just accept it's going to take me longer. That's all. What would you say to somebody who is listening to us talk about this now? You know, we've just said ADHD is a, a superpower. Maybe they are going through a diagnosis themselves. Maybe they're feeling a bit overwhelmed stress out because having ADHD mm-hmm. it can be debilitating you know so it can be it, it can be really really hard yeah and I think it's only when you understand how your brain works get strategies in place that you can start to as you said channel it and use it as a superpower but there might be people mm-hmm. out there listening at the moment they're not quite yeah. there yet okay so what would you say to those people <laughs> that are listening to this right now that are thinking ADHD is not a fucking superpower I don't want I don't want to be I don't want to be like this what would you say to those people patience Mm. and be having the willingness to want to learn more about it Mm. I think you have to want to help yourself because otherwise you're going to put yourself into a negative spiral and sometimes it's easier said than done but the mind is that is the superpower in itself, yeah? So if you're constantly thinking on a negative path, you're going to continuously go that way. So again, what we said before is deal with one thing at a time. So accept. So it, it, how, how I look at the three A's. Yeah, acknowledge. So you've acknowledged you've got ADHD. 
acceptance. That that part is the biggest part. Accept what you have um, and come to terms with it. And action. What action are you going to put together to be able to understand it? So are you going to do some training courses to understand it? Are you going to go and see a therapist? Um, are you going to listen to other people talking about it? Are you going to do your own research? So it's acknowledge, accept and action. Um, and that, again, that's breaking it down narrowly for you. It's not easiest. That's not the easiest. Mm. It's, easy. it's not easier said than done. But that's my advice is be patient and be wanting to learn about it and understand it because then you'll, you'll have more self-love for yourself. I think the acceptance piece is the most is important the bit, and it's it the hardest. I'm going. I I'm still navigating mm. that. I think when I first got the diagnosis, I was actually like mixed emotions. Yeah, and now I'm trying to piece things together, work out what strategies mm. work for me, mm. what doesn't, and then because you've actioned it, like you said, you know, be able to to move move forward and and use the way that my brain works to thrive and yeah, succeed absolutely. and this is the thing like we've we've got this far succeeding <laughs> exactly you know, so exactly the only way is up from now agree yeah. and I think it is difficult because when I see my therapist there's loads of other stuff we spoke about but she's like Claire your mindset is so strong one of the strongest mindsets I've known, and she said, I've been a therapist for years. She said, you might feel negative right now, but, could, you know, I can't elaborate too much what we spoke about because it's obviously personal, but she said, you're doing things without even realise you're doing it because you're setting your mindset up there and it's higher. But don't I now understand not everyone's got my mindset, what we were talking about earlier. It is a lot more difficult for people to be able to accept I can go, yes, I accept. And to me, I use it to my advantage because of how my mindset is. So my thing is try and get your mindset to a point of acceptance. So doing the little things like um, the meditation or journaling and gratitude and affirmations and earthing. Oh, I love a bit of earthing. If anyone don't know what earthing is, it's obviously putting your feet <laughs> on the ground in nature in grass and stuff like that research it i'll be here all day talking about it i might try that it's, it's sensory honest, isn't it it's sens yeah. sensory yeah um and chakras and all stuff like that but um it's really it's basic stuff but people forget about it even self-love like sitting in the bath with a book with or with some music on that's part of self-love so it's getting your mindset into a strong enough place to be able to then accept it and, and move forward. So self-love and self-respect and self-belief is obviously key before it comes along with acceptance, yeah? Yeah. You know, for me it was easy, but it isn't for a lot of people, you know, and that's, and that's okay. And that's what I do a lot with my clients. I do a lot of self-belief and self-love and self-development and stuff like that to get them to a point for them to accept whatever they're going through in their life. Mm. Because that's, I think, the hardest thing, isn't it? It's that if you're already so hard mm. on yourself, like how do you, how do you navigate yeah. that? But it can, it can be done, and through the means of, like you said, like self care yeah. and releasing those negative thoughts and yeah. beliefs about yourself through whatever way you want to channel mm -hmm. it. So you just mentioned journaling yeah i have never tried journaling before okay would you say so what would you typically do when you journal you literally just write out how you're feeling or different there's all different ways of journaling so you can write what i do i'll write whatever's on my mind that day 
whatever's on my mind, whether it's negative, whether it's positive, it's written down, it's off my mind, it's off my brain, and then I can sleep better. So do you feel I like... do it for that way. Yeah. Other people do it, they might, you can do journaling, talking in, in, about your future, like you've already got it. Right. Yeah? Okay. So I do that as well. So if there's like a... I like manifesting. A, manifesting, yeah. yeah. But writing that down as well. Um, gratitude, obviously, gratitude can become very samey. Oh, I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for life. I'm thankful for this. So what I generally do now is be grateful for one one to three things in your day. I could be, I'm grateful for you inviting me here today. I'm grateful for the man offered me a seat on the tube today. Mm. So it, it's them little things that puts your head into that better mindset and better headspace. Mm. Yeah, rather than going to bed feeling anxious and going, oh, I've been diagnosed with ADHD. Oh, I feel really low and down. You can change that. Only you can change that. So just implementing them little tiny things will make a big difference. Or even sitting in a room just reading a book mm. for 10 minutes. I know so many people have families and it's really difficult. But you can sit down in front of the telly for 10 minutes or half an hour or an hour and watch your soaps or whatever. Why can't you take yourself in a room for 10 minutes and do what you love to do? Put a face mask on or read a book. Just 10 minutes of your days for something you've done for you. And then you're going to put yourself on that path to feel better internally. Yeah. Definitely. I 100% heartedly mm. agree. I think you've got to look after your body and yeah. your mind to feel feel the best version of yourself, you know. So it has been so lovely to <laughs> sit down and, and talk with you today. Is there anything that you wanted to say to everyone before we wrap up the pod? I mean, I think I've said a lot today. <laughs> Even you're trying to keep up. Um, no, it's just I emphasise on that whole acceptance part and I know how difficult it is. But start from you, start from within, start, you know, with self-love. I sound like a hippie, but it's it's really meaningful. Yeah. Your your body follows the mind, you know, so if the mind is in a better place, your body's also going to follow as well. And I could go deep now into diseases, infections and cancers, la di da di da di da but I won't. So if anyone wants to contact me after, they can. But it's about getting your head in that correct mindset. Mm. So, yeah, just you are number one, you are priority. And I know a lot of people go, oh, my family's priority. Yeah, they are. But if you ain't looking after you and you ain't looking after yourself, then you ain't going to be able to look after anything else or anyone else. So you are number one, so look after you. That's it, exactly. Don't forget that you are important mm -hmm. as well. You know, it can be very easy to want to take care of everyone else yeah. and take on everyone else's worries and, and troubles. But don't forget to look after yourself pour into your own cup and deal with what you're yep. going through as well totally that's just agree. important so thank you so no much no problem where can everyone find you on socials okay so instagram is just claire aves fitness so claire c-l-a-i-r-e i'm sure you're gonna put it on there and then a-v-e-s fitness um that's the main one I use, really. You can always check out my Women Warriors website. It's um, womenwarriors.health. Oh, thank you so much, no Claire. It's been amazing today. Been and thank you, everyone, for listening. I'll speak to you in the next one.